Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And Father, thank you for giving us such good exhortations today, um, telling us of the things to come that are in our favor. And Lord, we just love you and we praise you. Thank you for the being our great Savior. Amen. All right, we're going to call this Faction Cannot Prevail 11. And it's a lot of good news. First, we're going to share this article um, given to Missy Pollock uh, in a dream. Don't let them bite you. There was a brother in the woods, and there was a copperhead snake at his feet. Well, we know copperheads are known for their reddish-colored head and... um, They are poisonous, of course. He was demonstrating and telling how to get a hold of the snake by snatching it behind its head (laughs) so it doesn't bite you. As he demonstrated this, he did grab it just behind its head, and it didn't bite him. Well, that's kind of unusual because copperheads are a little faster than you are sometimes if you try to just reach out and snatch them. Um... There's a lot of copperheads here uh, in the natural. Uh, If you must pick one up, uh, hold its head down with something and then grab it behind the head if you want to. Uh, But don't just try to reach out there and and be faster than it, right? So, So kids, don't do this at home, all right? Then the scene changed to me, and I knew uh, there was a copperhead snake behind me. And I didn't know if it bit me or not. I asked my brother uh, a couple of times to look and see if it had bitten me on my uh, my lower back, but he didn't look. I reached behind me without looking behind me and got a hold of it just behind the head like the brother demonstrated. That's pretty good there, I tell you. So we act in faith, right? And uh, it really was trying to bite me, she said, but it couldn't because I kept a good hold on it. Well, the copperhead snake uh, represents the factious who are full of poison and desire to infect others with their evil words or slander and speaking against the righteous. Always behind, what, their backs. Mm-hmm. We cannot let them bite us by receiving their attempts to backbite us or our brethren through uh, words or thoughts. And Missy gave these verses, uh, Luke 10 and 19. Lo, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. Bind it, cast it down. 
cast it out. Whether it's a thought or a word from somebody, you know. And nothing shall in any wise hurt you. You believe that? You should. Ecclesiastes 10.11 If the serpent bite before it is charmed, uh, there is no advantage in the charmer. Yeah, that's true. Psalm 58.3-5 The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear, which hearkeneth not to the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely. Yep, you can speak kindly to them, but that acid will come out. That poison will come out. Psalm 141-3 For the chief musician, a psalm of David, Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man, who deviseth mischiefs in his heart. Continually do they gather themselves together for war. They have sharpened their tongue like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Selah. In Isaiah fifty four seventeen, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness which is of me, saith the Lord. And my thought is Romans one twenty eight through thirty two, and even as they refused to have God in their knowledge. God gave them up to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters. There you go. Hateful to God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil things disobedient to parents, whether they should be spiritual or physical, and without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, unmerciful, who, knowing the ordinances of God, that they that practice such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but also consent with them that practice them. Yes, they do. Birds of a feather gather together. Hence, we have the Satanist faction attacking us. They won't just go away, you know. And also, I'll say Romans uh, three thirteen through 14, their throat is an open sepulcher. Their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their tongues or under their lips, and whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. In Mark 16 and 18, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall in no wise hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Okay, we're taking up these serpents in the name of Jesus. Now, here's some good news. Reversal of authority from God. And the Lord gave me this uh, a couple days ago. And I asked, what about the Satanist faction and their evil works? And my finger, uh, by faith at random, fell on Esther 8 and 4. And in it we see that the bride sought the king to reverse the crucifixion on her people 
and put the judgment on Haman and his people. And, of course, this is coming now. Esther 8, 1 through 17, we'll cover that. Let's see. On that day did the king Ahasuerus give the house of Haman the Jews' enemy unto Esther the queen. Oh, that's a reversal there, clearly a reversal of authority. Okay, you know, the Lord has permitted the the crucifixion. He's called it good. Uh, it has been good. It causes people to reject uh, things that are contrary to the Word of God in order to stay safe in the Lord, and it's working just great. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what he was unto her. And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it unto Mordecai. And this is the ring of authority from the king, which was taken from Haman, the hater of God's people, and given to Mordecai, the man-child type. Man child, uh, Mordecai means a little man or man child, right? And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Well, look out, people of the faction, that's you. And Esther spake yet again before the king and fell down at his feet and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman the Agagite, and his device that he had devised against the Jews. Yep, they decided to try to kill as many of us as possible. Verse 4, where I put my finger, Then the king held out to Esther the golden scepter. So Esther arose and stood before the king. And she said, If it please the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, and the things seem right before the king, and I be pleasing in his eyes, let it be written to reverse the letters devised by Haman. Now, Haman had first been given authority, you know, to basically persecute God's people, and uh, the Lord knows what he's doing. Um, but then he reversed that authority. Uh, to reverse the letters devised by Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, which he wrote to destroy the Jews that were in all the king's provinces. For how can I endure to see the evil that shall come into, unto my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Then the king Ahasuerus said unto Esther the queen and unto Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman. Okay, given, in other words, given authority over the house of Haman to Esther. Because mm -hmm, she has favor with the king, right? And him they have hanged upon, well, the gallows. It was his own gallows, the one he built for Mordecai. Mm -hmm. because he laid his hand upon the Jews. Well, like Judas, the son of perdition, and Absalom uh, hung themselves by their own works, so it is with Haman. Write ye also to the Jews as it pleaseth you. Hmm. The king is leaving this in the hands of Esther and Mordecai. 
in the king's name and seal it with the king's ring, which he had given to Mordecai as authority, a sign of his authority to act for the king. For the writing which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring may no man reverse. So, they're about to write something that won't be reversed. Then were the king's scribes called at that time in the third month, Sivan, on the three and twentieth day thereof, and it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded unto the Jews and to the satraps, and to the governors, and the princes of the provinces, which are from India to Ethiopia, a hundred and twenty and seven provinces, unto every province according to their writing thereof, and unto every people after their language. So this is a worldwide reversal, okay? And to the Jews according to their writing and according to their language. So all the scribes had to get busy at work, right? And he wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus and sealed it with the king's ring. Okay, that's it. It's done. And sent letters by post on horseback, riding on swift steeds that were used in the king's service, bread of the stud. Wherein the king granted the Jews that were in every city to gather themselves together and to stand for their life. So, they, of course, that is what everybody's been doing when these wicked people throw their curses against us to try to capture us and bring us into their Satanist cult. We just cast them down in the name of Jesus. We stand for our life. And, uh, of course, those that give in are people who are like them because they have that ambition in them to talk against their brethren or to receive accusations and slander that's not according to the Word of God, not legal. All of the people that get trapped do illegal things, all of them. Uh, and the Jews that were in every city to gather themselves together and to stand for their life. Okay, so that's actually what the Lord has already told us to, is gather together and put your faith together, all right? To destroy, listen to this now, to destroy, to slander, and to cause to perish all the power of the people. Hey, that's kind of like the reversal, right? Took authority away and gave it to Mordecai and Esther the bride. Well, it's to cause to perish all the power of the people. Yes, in the name of Jesus, we cast down their power. And there will be, of course, a day that this is put into effect, as we see. And province that would assault them, their, lie, their little ones and their women. Yes, they love to assault our women. They have an appetite for nothing but sex. They're a bunch of perverts. It doesn't really matter what kind of sex it is to them. They're perverts. And to take the spoil of them for a prey. Well, notice, they were given authority to stand for their own lives, and we are. And to remove the power from the people who would assault their women, as the Satanist faction has done. Hmm. In verse 12, 
upon one day in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, namely upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month Adar. A copy of the writing that the decree should be given out in every province was published unto all the peoples, and that the Jews should be ready against that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. So there is a day a-coming, and as the rest of these revelations we're going to share with you, you'll see it's upon us. It is upon us. Okay. The reversal is what we're talking about. And on that coming day, all authority is reversed. So, the posts that rode upon swift steeds that were used in the king's service went out, being hastened and pressed on by the king's commandment. And the decree was given out in Shushan the palace. And Mordecai went forth from the presence of the king in royal apparel. Well, of course, our apparel represents our works. And the Mord- and Mordecai, the little man or man-child, has the works of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ lives in him, right? And this royal apparel, he is royal, of blue and white, and with a great crown of gold, and with a robe of fine linen and purple, and the city of Shushan shouted and was glad. Yep, they're kind of tired of the... The leftists, um, you know, destroying them, the country, so on and so forth. Yeah. So the man-child ruled as with Joseph and with David. Yeah. And, And the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. And in every province, in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, the Jews had gladness and joy, a feast and a good day. And many from among the peoples of the land became Jews. Well, there you go, great conversions into the kingdom, because they saw this, right? For the fear of the Jews was fallen upon them. That's because they had the authority now. It was taken away from Haman and given to the Christians. And 9, 1 through 5, continuing, okay? Now in the twelfth month, which is the month Adar, on the thirteenth day of the same, uh, when the king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put into execution. Now remember, this decree was made out by and according to the will of Mordecai and Esther. And uh, his decree came near to that day to be put in execution. Execution's a good word. On the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have rule over them, whereas it was turned to the contrary, that the Jews had rule over them that hated them. Hmm. You'll see this happen very quickly. The Jews gathered themselves together in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus to lay hand on such as sought their hurt. And no man could withstand them, for the fear of them was fallen upon all the peoples. All those peoples that were hating the Jews were in trouble because everything the Jews spoke came to pass. And I'll remind you of um, Ananias and Sapphira who also 
tried to sneak into the body of Christ and were actually thieves and uh, spoke against God and lied, tried to lie to the Holy Spirit, just like these people. And guess what? They fell down dead. And all the princes of the provinces and the satraps and the governors and they that did the king's business helped the Jews because the fear of Mordecai was falling upon them. So Mordecai was great, according to verse 4. He was great in the king's house, and his fame went forth throughout all the provinces. Hmm. For the man Mordecai waxed greater and greater, the man-child will, with great power, authority, uh, power to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out the demons, and uh, bring down uh, evil entities coming against God's people, like David did when he became king. You know, he took down uh, the enemies of God's people. And the Jews smote all their enemies with the stroke of the sword. Now, say that the sword here has to be the word of God, right? Agreeing with the word of God, speaking the word of God. And with slaughter and destruction, uh, and did what they would unto them that hated them. 6 through 10. And in Shushan, the palace, the Jews slew and destroyed 500 men. And Parshan Datha, and Dalphon, and Aspatha, and uh, Paratha, and Adaliah, and Aridania, Aridatha, excuse me, and Parmashata, and Erisai, and uh, Aridai, and uh, Vyazatha, the ten sons of Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Jews' enemy. Slew they, but on the spoil they laid not their hand. Now, I'm going to tell you what I believe these are. These are those men that were lined up in that vision of the Satanists behind Kevin. And they were former uh, factious leaders that led people to destruction some into captivity and into bondage in this Satanist cult, especially the women. They like to take the women, right? Yeah. So, but let me point out to you that these names in Hebrew had three letters that were scribed smaller than the rest. And those three letters were T, S, H, and Z. And this is the numbers uh, if you convert it to numbers, because the Hebrews also use letters for their numbers, 1946, on the Hebrew calendar, when ten Satanist Nazi Jew killers were hanged at Nuremberg on Purim. <laughs> on Purim. Uh-huh. So uh, there were 11 to be hanged, but one Goering uh, committed suicide the night before, bringing the number to ten who were hanged like Haman's sons. In other words, the numbers matched up because Goering, just <laughs> by the hand of the Lord, committed suicide the day before. 
And uh, so they hung themselves by their own works, like Judas and Absalom and Haman and our factious Satanist leaders sitting in the vision behind Kevin. Yes. Okay, 13 and 14. Then said Esther, If it please the king, let it be granted to the Jews that are in Shushan to do tomorrow also according to this day's decree, and let Haman's ten sons be hanged upon the gallows. And the king commanded it so to be done, and a decree was given out in Shushan, and they hanged Haman's ten sons. And uh, Esther 9 and 25. But when the matter came before the king, he commanded by letters that his wicked device, which he had devised against the Jews, uh, should return upon his own head. Okay, that's like the angels uh, taking the bombs and throwing them back. All right. Whatsoever a man sows, so shall he reap. They've been sowing curses. And guess what? The Bible says in Psalms that it comes right back into him like water. Okay. Return upon his own head that he and his son should be hanged on the gallows. What about Eve? Well, I'll tell you what the Lord said to me about Eve is... uh, She was sent on ahead like Joseph the Egyptian to save many alive. She has to experience it all in order to be an advocate for the women and others taken advantage of by the Satanists. We tried, of course, to save her from all this, but God said no, no. And he showed us that she was going to experience this and then would be delivered. And, of course, now we know why. Here's a prophecy and a Trump dream uh, given to Dr. Patricia Green on 8-8-23. The link is there. She said, This video that I'm putting out today is a message that I received from the Lord on August the 8th and also a dream of President Donald Trump in the early morning of August the 10th. So on August the 8th, the Holy Spirit instructed me to pray in my prayer language for 30 minutes and then return to him for a message. I was outside, and it was a beautiful, breezy day, and I was just pacing back and forth in front of my outside altar praying in tongues. And then I sat down with my journal, and this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, Let me speak to you through the wind. My spirit is like the wind. It blows, and you know not from where it comes, but you feel the breeze. And we see that in John 3 and 8, she says, Um... It says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Let me say that some who don't have the Holy Spirit are pretty predictable. Yeah, they're pretty predictable. 
but not the people who are led of the Spirit. They're not predictable because it's not their own way or their own thoughts. It's the Lord leading them. And then the Lord continued. He said, Oh, my child, there is much that I want to say and do listen to the wind, for it is I, the Lord your God, speaking. So this is what I say as my breath is stirring the atmosphere. He said, Behold, I am coming quickly with a visitation to my footstool, the earth. Isaiah 66 and 1 says, Thus saith the Lord, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Amen. Unquote. Then the Lord continued. He said, Things are stirring, 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 swirling, swirling, swirling. These are unusual times, unusual days, says the Lord. They are unusual because thrones are being established and thrones are being torn down. Well, there you go. There's another reversal of fortunes. The um, allies have decided to go out and take down those nations who are ruled by the deep state and replace them. And they are doing it. And, of course, there's retaliation going forth like do weapons. You should pray against those do weapons. Um, These ancient thrones have had control over the airways, over territories, and over regions, and over countries and nations. This is a great showdown, says the Lord. Mm -hmm. It is. And the Lord said, I have let them roll until their fullness of time has come. And now that that time has come, I am putting a stop to it, says the Lord. And when he said that, the particular sentence, there was like this huge great gust of wind that just went whirling by. Then the Lord said this, I am visiting my earth with great power to destroy these strongholds. Oh, praise be to God. We welcome you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this victory. And when he said that again, another gust of wind just swirled. And I mean, it was just really a mighty gust of wind. And the Lord said, I have set my armies of angelic hosts before me to round up the enemy and destroy those who are marked for death. People may think that this is not biblical, but go to Ezekiel and you will see that I marked people to be saved and to be killed by my angels. So I want to read that to you, she says. Ezekiel 9, 1-8. Then he called out in my hearing with a loud voice, saying, Let those who have charge over the city draw near, each with a deadly weapon in his hand. And suddenly six men came from the direction of the upper gate, which faces north, each with a battle axe in his hand. One man uh, among them was clothed with linen, and had a writer's inkhorn by his side. They went in and stood beside the bronze altar, 
Now the glory of God of Israel had gone up from the cherub where it had been to the threshold of the temple. And he called to the man clothed with linen, who had the writer's inkhorn at his side. And the Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark. Well, let me say that the mark we have known to be in the hand and the forehead, representing the mind and the works of Christ. Put a mark on the foreheads of men who sigh and cry over the abominations that are done with it. Yes, so this is the leadership of God's people, Jerusalem. And there are some things that God wants cleansed out of there. He wants a new order, a new leadership. And so um, the ones who sigh and cry over the abominations are his chosen, and he has marked them with the good mark, the um, mind and the works of Christ. To the others, he said in my hearing, go after him through the city and kill do not let your eyes spare, nor have pity. Utterly slay the old and the young men, maidens and little children and women, but do not come near anyone who has that good, I'm going to put in there, mark, the mark, right? And begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the elders who were before the temple because they're supposed to know better, right? Then he said unto them, Defile the temple and fill the courts with the slain. Go out. And they went out and killed in the city. And so it was that while they were killing them, I was left alone. And I fell on my face and I cried out, O Lord God, will you destroy all the remnant of Israel and pouring out your fury upon Jerusalem? Okay, so this represents the death of apostate Jerusalem and the rebirth of sanctified Jerusalem, the leadership of God's people, the true leadership of God's people. Okay, that was the scripture he said to read, and these people that Ezekiel was seeing there, they were actually angels that he saw being dispatched. And these angels were to mark those who were crying out against the wickedness and those that were not. And then the angels killed those that were a part of the wickedness. So the Lord said this, the marks have gone out already. It's true, of course, and you can tell who's who. I mean, let's let's take, for instance, let's look at the factious Satanist cult. What do they do that is according to the kingdom? Do they preach the gospel? No. Do they heal the sick? No. Do they cast out devils? No, of course not. They uh, welcome them. Uh, do they do any of the works of Jesus Christ? No. These signs shall accompany them that believe, Jesus said. In my name they will cast out devils. They will heal the sick, etc., etc., etc. These people do none of that. So isn't it very simple? 
who these people are. They are the devil's emissaries. And they're marked for death because of their wickedness. My mighty angels have been dispatched. They are waiting on my word to raise up their battle axe against the wicked. Mm -hmm. So this is a future event that the Lord, uh, that Father God is going to do. He's going to send his mighty angels to kill the wicked that have been marked and have refused to repent of their wickedness, and they have had plenty of time to repent. Yes, they have. Then the Lord said this, It is I, the Lord of hosts, who have the power of life and death in my hands. No one will have done this except me, says the Lord of hosts. People say men did this, men did that, and this is a great man, and his army did this and that. No, the Lord said, it was me. He empowers people to do things. So when there is sudden death all over the world, it is me, says the Lord. Ooh. My mighty angels are also bringing down demonic principalities and powers who have ruled a long time. They will be stripped of their power. You remember that from the previous revelation I shared? They will be stripped of their power and influence over these regions and countries and nations. Well, like Satan and his fallen angels are cast down in Revelation chapter 12, you know, they were cast down by the saints. The angels doing the footwork the saints doing the believing and standing upon the word and the sacrifice of Jesus, right? This, this is why there is so much stirring and swirling in the spiritual realm. These are unusual days and unusual times. And then the Lord said, I want to give you some examples of what's going to occur as markers of these events to happen. So signs that are coming. He said, in one day there will be unusual shooting stars across many skies, all at one time. We've also received this as a sign in another dream. Uh, yeah. It will look like uh, fireworks streaking through the skies. And then the Lord said, if you will believe these are the principalities and the powers being dethroned by my angelic army. This will be a sign that I am doing exactly what I have said regarding dethroning these demonic principalities and powers. And the sick Satanists who are ruled by them, right? These principalities and powers are ruling in these Satanist leaders who think they're actually doing something, but they're doing nothing. They're just dupes being ruled by Satan's powers. They say this, and they, they, they are proud of what they're able to do. The Lord can use a donkey. Mm -hmm. First Samuel 2 and 34 says, And this shall be the sign unto thee that shall come upon thee thy two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. In one day they shall die, both of them. Well, these were supposed to be leaders in the kingdom under Eli, 
But uh, like the Satanists, they were molesting the women. And uh, many wicked, of course, will die to set those captives free. A bunch of dogs. Isaiah 9 and 14. Therefore, the Lord will cut off from Israel head and tail, palm branch and rush in one day. Mm. Meaning many leaders and false prophets will die for deceiving God's people and for hindering them from entering into the kingdom. Oh yes, they have religion that they gather them into and tithing to them and so on and so forth. But it's not the kingdom. Revelation 18 and 8, Therefore in one day shall her plagues come, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And this is the Babylonish harlot. And this is representing plagues upon the harlot church of Satanists and apostates. Then he said this, Another sign will be that the sky will have an unusual glow during the day. There will be unusual colorful glows of iridescent colors. There will be many photos taken of this phenomenon. And he said, Just know that when this happens, my visitation is near. So the Lord's giving us a sign in the skies right before His visitation. Um, could this be harp? Harp has been known to uh, just before a strike, um, the sky be filled with unusual colors. Yeah. And so, yep, they could be doing harping things and um, then the Lord comes. Luke twenty one eleven says, And there shall be great earthquakes, and in diverse places famines and pestilences, and there shall be terrors and great signs from heaven. Yes, they have pestilences waiting, not only a, another COVID spinoff, they call it, so they can give you another vaccine, but also Marburg, Ebola, and that kind of stuff. So... <clears throat> And then he said, a third sign that there will be unusual lightning occurrences. Lightning will go from the ground up instead of from the sky down. Hmm. wonder if this has anything to do with Planet X. But God doesn't need anything to do this, right? Right. He said, nothing is impossible with me, says the Lord of hosts, for I am the creator of lightning and if I command it to come up from the ground and return to the sky, then it will, says the Lord. Is that a reverse polarity or something? <laughs> I don't know. I thought of this verse, Matthew twenty-four, twenty-seven through 28 For as the lightning cometh forth from the east and is seen even unto the west, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man. And wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. 
And I believe that this could be the beginning of the man-child ministry, right? The Lord says, So, my children, get ready for my visitation. Get ready to rise up and take your place as my remnant bride with abundant oil in your lamps and extra oil for the journey. And then he said, I love you, my children. Now, of course, they're not particularly pointing towards that parable, but the truth is we have to have abundant oil in our lamps. And the Spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. So that means that oil of the Holy Spirit must be in our spirit. There be spirit-filled people uh, that will be taking this journey. And this is not a flyaway journey. This is not a going-to-heaven thing. It's the going-to-work thing. And then he said, I love you, my children. Then on August uh, 10th of 2023 at 4 a.m., I had this dream about President Donald Trump. In this dream, I walked into a room, and it was early, early morning, and I saw President Trump in a sitting position on a reclining chair. And I walked over to him, and I addressed him as Mr. President out of respect. And I began to talk to him, and I said this, Mr. President, I need to tell you a few things. I said, you have been given information from reliable sources, and now is the time to release this information. I believe that this could probably be the declassing of the deep state Satanists, giving uh, wisdom to people who sit uh, sit by TVs instead of go over the Internet. The people on the Internet already know all this. But they're aiming at the people that all they have is a TV. And I also told him that the Lord is sending death angels that will kill many wicked people all over the world. Huh, did you catch that? That's very similar to what we've seen. Then in the dream, uh, Donald Trump was now in a laid-back position, like in a reclining position in the chair. And I noticed how weary he looked. And his face looked really weary. Well, you may wonder, you know, some people, of course, do, that they think that uh, Trump is just a unregenerate man. I agree, but uh, that's the kind of man God uses throughout history. Cyrus was like that, okay? So don't look too close. You might see pimples, right? But his face looked really weary. And I asked him in the dream, I said, can I pray for you? And he said, yes, please pray for strength for me. So I laid my hand on his shoulder and I began to pray in tongues. And it was this very powerful prayer in tongues, as I remember in the dream. And after the prayer, I noticed that President Trump's countenance had changed. He looked strengthened and uh, full of vigor. And then after the prayer also, I said to him, President Trump, the Lord has told me that you will be the president and win the presidential elections in 2024. 
Well, whether he wins that in the um, regular way or not, it doesn't make any difference. I do believe he is going to be the president. And then right after I said that uh, President Trump received a phone call, which he was sitting there, and uh, I was standing there with him talking on the phone, um, and I heard him say these words, and he said it was such authority. He said, you are speaking to the President of the United States of America. And I knew that when he spoke these words that he was referring to now, that he was and is the acting president of the United States of America. Well, President Trump is still and has been the acting president, even though he officially handed over leadership to the military and permitted Biden to show what uh, leftist deep state people do. <laughs> yeah, you you can't just tell them, you have to show them. That's what he said, right? And that's so true. Please pray for President Trump. Pray for strength. Pray for protection. Pray in your prayer language for President Trump. Amen? Well, I say, too, also pray that he be delivered from all occultic influences and religion that's being pushed at him. So, let's get ready, she says. Let's get ready. Let's get ready for this great visitation of the Lord, and let's start looking to see what the Lord's going to do. Well, we've already heard what He's going to do. He's going to destroy a lot of wicked people. All right. Here's a revelation of one of our sisters, Eve, which I believe stands for all the other sisters there. We called it, No Weapon Formed Against Eve Will Prosper. Vanessa Weeks, 8.23.23. Yesterday, while I was thinking about Eve and how the Lord sets His people free, I heard the Lord say, I do all things and I accomplish all things and no weapon formed against Eve will prosper. Hmm. Well, I believe this is also true of the other elect women that are being used by the Satanists for their own lusts. Many of these people were Christians, and they were taken by the former uh, factious leaders, dumping their demons on them and taking advantage of them in their cults. All of them practiced witchcraft. Yeah. And this is, of course, just for their own lusts. So... Then today I was reading where I am going along in Luke, and I read the parable of the widow who cried to be avenged of her adversary and the verses the Lord has been saying to us. And this is uh, N-E-N-T, Luke 18 and 7. And shall not God avenge his elect that cry unto him day and night? And he is long-suffering over them. And I say unto you that he will avenge them speedily. Yes, he will. And she says, Thank you, Father, for protecting Eve and hearing our cries to you for her and the others. 
that are captured. We lose the angels to release your elect speedily. In Jesus' name, amen. I agree. And here's another one about Eve. It's uh, Eve across the street. Again, she may be standing in for other people that are less noticeable to us, but still important to the Lord. And this was given to Vanessa Weeks, 8-13-23. In a dream, I was talking to one of the ladies in this fellowship. I saw Eve standing and waiting to talk to me, and she was standing across the street. I knew in the dream that Eve did not want to interrupt us from talking. She looked humbled and was wearing a long skirt. I also knew Eve wanted to apologize to me for what she had done. When this lady was done talking to me, I I had a good feeling about Eve in the dream. I asked the Lord what He wanted to say about these dreams and received by faith at random acts twenty seven twenty two in context acts twenty seven twenty two through twenty five and now I exhort you to be of good cheer for there shall be no loss of life, yes again, uh, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper uh, among you, but only of the ship, yes, indeed, their ship is going down. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am, and whom I also serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must stand before Caesar, and, lo, God hath granted thee all them that sail with thee. And, uh, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even so as it hath been spoken unto me. O Father, help us to be of good cheer concerning Eve, she said, because it will be as you have spoken to us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is one of the many confirmations of Eve's return. Faction will not prevail against our sister Eve and the other elect sisters and other elect men who are taken captive to some by ignorance because they stepped over the line, disobeyed the word of God, and were taken by the demons. They, they of course, tempt you to do that, and when you do, they grab you. They know, they know they have no authority unless you give it to them. And we call this one, The Man-Child is Born When Faction is Cleansed. Elena Timoshuk, ten nineteen twenty one. I dreamt that I was looking at my phone, scrolling through a transcription of one of David Eels's Bible studies, and I saw a revelation on there from Sandy Shaw, and there were certain sentences uh, highlighted in uh, a bold burgundy color, like blood resembling the blood of Christ. I was distracted and didn't really have time to read it all, but I noticed that it was a warning saying that 
things are going to change drastically fast. And to be ready, because it will all happen before this year is over. And this was a personal warning to me to repent and to get rid of all of my distractions and get into the Word to prepare for all the things that are coming. It's also, of course, a corporate warning for the church. The enemy is doing everything to try to distract us and weaken us spiritually so that we won't have a Passover when the judgments begin to fall. Then my phone went back, went black, and uh, power went out in my house. I went to my husband and told him that the ten days of darkness must have started already. Well, we're hearing that the ten days of darkness um, planned by the White Hats are upon us. And if so, there will likely be different interruptions of services, and you should act accordingly and quickly. We're told that trucking and airlines are to cease. Airlines are already going down, and many pilots who took the clot shot are sick, and the rest are dangerous. The trucking interruption means uh, food will quickly begin to disappear from the store shelves. And during this time, they are starting up the new Starlink satellites and taking out uh, deep state satellites along with the mainstream media. Well, I believe they already have the Starlink satellites up, you know, and uh, but they're going to be doing more and more things with them. So uh, they are planning to bring up a new Internet that is much safer and much faster. And Trump has announced his new social media platform on Truth Social. This may be intended to replace the influence of the big tech giants. They are going to bring down nuclear power plants and bring online free energy. Since all of these things are connected, they will try to do all of this together. And how long this will actually string out, well, we don't really know. But Trump is officially coming back, and uh, the Nasara Jasara and blockchain voting on our phones and computers for the rulers of the new republic. The dominoes are falling. The states where the votes are contested are falling to Trump, one right after another. And it came down, the last I knew, uh, 46 of 50 states clearly showing a huge win for Trump. Uh, the military will remove the fake Biden Trump will quickly bring the economy back with the money uh, the deep state stole from the people over many years. That was collected by executive order. So be in prayer and listen to the Lord and pray down the do weapons, right? The directed energy weapons that they're burning up cities. They're uh, in... Um, Canada doing a burning, and uh, they're in um, 
Washington State doing some burning and um, on and on. They're continuing. And uh, so, she said, My husband, David, representing the Lord, our heavenly husband, went to our living room and lit a fire in the fireplace. The fireplace represents the fiery wilderness trials that burn up the wood, hay, and the stubble of our fleshly, sinful lives. I was surprised and asked him where he got the firewood, and he told me he picked it up at Michael's and David's house. Well, this wood represents the true Word of God and all that we'd been learning since becoming a part of the UBM ministry, she said. And I asked how much firewood we had and then realized that all we had was already burning in the fireplace. (laughs) That's good. What you got um, is burning up the wood, hay, and the stubble, isn't it? Amen. I asked my husband, shouldn't we have saved uh, that for the night when it's a lot colder? Would it be possible for us to go to their house and get some more? And I thought, maybe this means my husband, David, and I have had our spirit fired up, but we need more of the Word of God to sustain us for the dark days ahead. Mm -hmm. Like uh, John 9 and 4, it says, We must work the works of Him that sent me, while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. Then the scene changed, and we were with local UBM, and I was in a house with a bunch of women. This probably could represent uh, Esther when she was in the house of the women before she was chosen to be the queen or the bride by the king of kings. It seemed like a baby shower party. Well, as we will see, the bride is getting ready to birth the man-child. Amen. Everyone brought food, and one lady brought two beautiful dishes of food that looked exactly the same. She put one dish in the living room and another dish right outside the living room. Another lady who was factious saw this, and she started saying a lot of mean things to everyone about the woman who had brought the two identical dishes of food and was trying to bring her down. So she was trying to make her feel bad for bringing such a fancy dish and saying that she was just trying to show off and that she also had no creativity because she brought Two of the same thing. Well, the two identical dishes of food could represent an unchangeable gospel. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his word, or his food, is to do the will of his Father. And it doesn't change. If we speak as oracles of God, then we bring the same food to the people all the time. 
I've been criticized by the faction that I never changed my doctrine. <laughs> well, you know, I spent a lot of time getting that doctrine in the Word of God, which a lot of other people didn't do. In fact, I didn't know anybody that was doing what I was doing day and night, day and night. And I told them that if we get it all out of the sum of the Word, we do not ever have to change it. And we should and shouldn't. The Israelites complained in the wilderness of the same manna that fell every morning, and they brought a curse on themselves for hating the manna. And the factious apostates also hate the Word of God and criticize the ministers who stick strictly to it. The apostates like to add to it and to take away from it, bringing curses upon themselves. Then the factious woman left the baby shower party and everyone else simply carried on as if nothing had happened. Yes, that's what we do. Um, The uh, factious always leave the true fellowship around the Word of God that brings forth the birth of the man-child. That's Jesus in the hearts of those who love His Word and truth. Amen. Their demons are never missed when they are separated from us. That is so true. We sound better. We look better. Everything seems better. Then the scene changed and I was in a room uh, laying on the bed. I was in labor ready to give birth to a baby boy. Uh Uh-huh. Once the Lord cleanses all the factious uh, from among us, then the man-child is birthed. Yeah. My mom was at my head, and the two women were at my feet waiting for the baby to come out. My mom was worried about me, but I assured her that I felt fine and didn't have any pain. I felt the baby was ready, so I pushed three times and felt his head and shoulders come out. I told the women that he was ready to be pulled out, and so they pulled him out and laid him in my arms. And then I woke up. And she says, this is a sign of the man-child being born. I believe that. Okay, now I'm going to speak to you a little about the son of perdition. Uh Because we know who he is. (laughs) He is the Judases who did their best to kill Jesus and um, rob the people of his ministry. We know the factious leader uh, of the Satanist uh, cult has said that his job from God is to destroy David and UBM. Hmm, sounds similar, doesn't it? In 2001, a prophet from East Florida was sitting at his computer, and the Lord gave him a website to type in. Very unusual, because we had a very unusual address. It was my site. 
and this was a miracle considering that those days my address was more complex than it is today by quite a bit. And when he found my number, he called me and told me that the Lord had told him that he would see the son of perdition in another month. I started to tell him that I didn't think that was possible because the falling away had to come first, according to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. But the Lord stopped me. Um, when I got off the phone, the Lord pointed out to me that I was writing an article on the son of perdition according to what he had shown me, and it would be finished the next month when the guy said he was going to see it, right? So I realized that this was where he would see, meaning get the revelation of the son of perdition. The next month, when I sent him the article, he saw that it, it as a fulfillment of what the Lord had spoken to him. He saw the son of perdition. So we're going to look at the son of perdition and prove to you that he is a large body which falls away. I want to share with you something concerning the corporate body nature of the son of perdition because the Lord spoke to me one day and he said uh, all of the things that have been shall be of course we know in the scriptures uh, except the cast of characters will be multiplied because as you know Jesus left in order to come back in a corporate body in order to finish his ministry in the earth and so um all of those characters that you see in the book of Revelation, by the way, are corporate bodies of people. Yes, the woman is a corporate body. The man-child is a corporate body. Uh, the harlot is a corporate body. The beast is a corporate body. All of those are large corporate bodies. So it is with the son of perdition. So, Jesus and his disciples were for signs of those who were to follow in their steps in the end times. Judas, the son of perdition, was one of those signs. He was a type and a shadow of corporate body of people hidden in the body of Christ that is going to be revealed in these days. And I got all this by word of knowledge from the Lord. And I'm sharing it with you as a, uh, uh, as a proof of what we are seeing going on out there. It's easy to see who the Judases are. It's easy. And what are they going to do? They're going to hang themselves after they attempt to destroy the body of Christ. So the body of Christ uh, is going to be revealed in these days. And um, our Judas, the son of perdition, and the man of sin, uh, is hiding in the midst. As you know, the disciples didn't know which one he was when Jesus spoke of him. So again, as we saw in um, uh, that 
Judas is a spiritual father of a vast body of people today that will walk as he walked in the falling away and in betraying of the body of Christ. Judas walked in the steps of his spiritual father, Dan, who was called a serpent and was also one of the twelve patriarchs who fell away, just like Judas, right? So therefore, and that's in Genesis 49, uh, 6 and 17. Therefore, if we study Judas, we will see who his spiritual counterparts are in our day. 1 Corinthians 10 and 11 says, Now these things happened unto them, that is Israel, by way of example. Mm -hmm. Greek means uh, figure or type here. Okay. And they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages are come. So let's look at our type so we can see what will happen in the end of the ages to the church. The children of Israel ate the lamb as a type of Jesus, and they were delivered from the curse as the death angel passed over them. Galatians 3 and 13. They crossed the Red Sea as a type of baptism, 1 Corinthians 10 and 2, where the Egyptian, the old man, were buried, and the Israelite, the born-again man, came up out of the water and went into the wilderness of the tribulation. That's Revelation 12 and 6 and 17 and 3, the first and second half of the tribulation, three and a half years each, right? A mixed multitude went up also with them, Exodus uh, 12 and 38. The mixed multitude was part Egyptian, the old man, and part Israelite, the born-again man. <laughs> yeah, we still have them, don't we? Um, Numbers 11 and 4. And the mixed multitude that was among them lusted exceedingly. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all save this manna to look upon. And this is a type of the half-Christians who lust after the flesh and will even tempt the true Christians. Do we know anybody like that? Of course. So they hated the manna. And the word manna in Hebrew is literally man in Exodus 16 and 31. Yes, the man that they hated to eat was Jesus, who is the bread of heaven and the word of God that we must eat to have life. Joshua, excuse me, John 6 and 51. And this angered God who said he would give them more flesh than they could stomach. In verse 20, he said, Until it come out of your nostrils, and it be loathsome unto you, because that you have rejected the Lord, who is the manna, who is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why came we forth out of Egypt? And uh, kind of paraphrase, this says, Why did we ever get saved? In type, they were rejecting the self-crucifying Word of God uh, to live after their own lusts. And God was giving them what they wanted until it made them sick. Just look at the Satanists 
the faction. Look at how sickly looking they are. How sick they are, actually. They don't heal the sick anymore. They don't have any faith anymore, except in their father, the devil. Okay. So that's kind of the way it was with Judas. Uh, when Judas fell away, that Satan entered into him. Uh-huh. He was a Satanist. Right? So this is kind of like the boy who gets caught smoking by his dad, who in an attempt to make him repent, makes him smoke the whole pack <laughs> until he turns green. You know, I don't know that people would do that today since they know how bad that stuff is. But um, in this case, however, the boy never repented and died of cancer. <laughs> Romans 8 and 13. If you live after the flesh, you must die. Numbers eleven thirty three. While the flesh was yet between their teeth, ere it was chewed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord smote the people with a very great plague. And the name of that place was called Kibroth Hatava, because there they buried the people that lusted. Mm -hmm. So the wilderness tribulation that was meant to give life brought death to those who followed after the flesh. And so it will be in the coming days. Those who, according to the type, fell away and spiritually died as sons of perdition, which means sons of destruction. Right? They came out of their midst. And that's a good thing, because the body is sanctified when they fall out like Judas fell out. You know, he couldn't steal the money because he couldn't get them, Jesus, to sell the, the um, ointment and so on and so forth. He was mad. He had rejection and... Uh, he, the devil entered into him. So we have these lukewarm people among us now, but they will be spewed out of the body. And, um, and also beyond them is the totally over the hill, not lukewarm at all. They have no Christ in them whatsoever. Uh, like Judas, who came out of the early body of the twelve disciples, and Dan, who is no longer listed among the twelve tribes, Revelation 7, 4 through 8. And those that were left were sanctified from the man of sin that was in their midst and ready to go to the promised land. So Jesus, as a type of the end-time man-child's ministry, taught for three and a half years and was betrayed by Judas, uh, who did not like his ministry. He wanted to get rid of him Sounds familiar? That's just what the the uh, leader of the Satanists wants to do with me. Who fell away as the son of perdition. Yes, that's exactly what's happened. And as a prophecy of the end, that three and a half years would bring us to the middle of the tribulation when the mark is given as an abomination that maketh desolate. And uh, that's to those sons of perdition who receive it, right? They are doing the abomination now. We can see who they are. They came out of our midst. 
In the falling away, it was seen who they were, the son of perdition, right? Second Thessalonians 2 and 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, touching the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him, to the end that you be not quickly shaken in mind, nor yet be troubled, either by spirit or by word or by epistle, as from us, as that the day of the Lord is just at hand. Let no man beguile you in any wise, for it will not be except the falling away come first. We are watching it. And the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. We know who he is. He's a corporate body. Oh, of course he has leadership, but he's still a corporate body. So in a few words, God is saying, do not be deceived. The Lord will not come for us until after the falling away reveals the son of perdition in our midst. And he leaves. <laughs> and he hangs himself. Yeah. So the words falling away are from the Greek word apostasia, where we get the word apostasy, falling away. And they're totally falling away. They don't study scriptures at all. They study uh, psychology, psychiatry, and uh, goofy stuff like that. And they're so demon-possessed, they don't know what they're doing. So apostasy here means falling away from Christ, and a lost person cannot fall away. The son of perdition is among the Christians as he was in Jesus' day. And in the falling away, the man of sin, the son of perdition, will be revealed. God is going to purge his church of the rebels and get the rest ready to meet the Lord. People who have been acting like Christians will not be able to act anymore because of great tribulation. And years ago, I prayed over my three sons and asked God to give them a dream or a vision concerning our future. God did this to all three. And Justin, my youngest son, received an open vision. He saw a great ship on the ocean filled with people. Some were dressed in white and were on the right side of the ship. Others were dressed in black and were on the left side of the ship. A jet plane suddenly appeared, swooped down, and shot a rocket which blew the ship to pieces. So those dressed in black were not able to swim and sank beneath the waters, put to death by the Word of God, right? And the people dressed in white swam around and built a new smaller ship from the pieces, of course, the people dressed in white are quite at home in the water of the Word of God, right? It doesn't kill them. It kills their flesh. And it kills the old man, and it kills the son of perdition. So they searched out a smaller motor and installed it on the new ship. <clears throat> the, the Lord showed me that this was the proverbial gospel ship. And those in white on the right are the sheep, and those in black on the left are the goats, as Jesus separated them in Matthew 25 and 33. The white garments are the works of the Spirit, and the black garments are the works of the flesh. 
Romans 13 and 12 says, Cast off the works of darkness. That's the black garments. And put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the white garments. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Revelation 19 and 8. And it was given unto her that she should array herself in fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Satanists have no righteous acts. Revelation 3 and 5. He that overcometh shall thus be arrayed in white garments, and I will in no wise blot his name out of the book of life. So the water represents the curses written in the Word, like Deuteronomy eleven twenty six through 28. And those in black sank under the curses of this world. The true identity of these will be revealed through the tribulation because they will fall away and ultimately be destroyed in the day of the Lord. And as I've taught and shown before the tribulation, there is a tribulation, and it's to perfect the, the bride and the man-child. And, of course, the bride and the man-child have their own Judases, uh, which have been revealed, you know, as the head of the dragon seeking to devour, yes, the man-child and the bride and the woman. They want to devour them. So, Noah was saved by the flood that destroyed the wicked. The flood of destruction proved who was a son of perdition. And that's, again, the Greek word for destruction. And the new smaller motor is the new church government that will be raised up. John 17 and 12. While I was with them, I kept them in thy name, which thou hast given me. And I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. So among the people of God in these days and in the coming days, not one will perish but the son of perdition. So what happened in Judas's day is going to happen in this day. And look at the signs in the Gospels because they're going to be fulfilled again. Ecclesiastes 1 and 9 says, That which hath been is that which shall be, and that which hath been done is that which shall be done. There is no new thing under the sun. And if what you see of your revelation of the end times doesn't fit into history, it is wrong. Throw it out, as we can see by this verse. And those who fall away in this day are revealed to be the son of perdition. And guess what? They're hidden in the body until the falling away, as Second Thessalonians tells us. So John 13 and 17 says, If you know these things, blessed are ye if you do them. I spake not of you all, I, I know whom I have chosen. In other words, Judas was not chosen because he would not do the things Jesus spoke. The lawless can be called, but will not be chosen. For many are called, but few are chosen. 
So the word chosen is the word eclectos. It's where we get the word elect. Okay. Some people say, oh, no, you can't believe in that elect stuff. Yes, yes, it's in the Word of God. <laughs> you know, Judas was called to partake of Christ, but chose to follow his flesh. John 13 and 18, but the scriptures, that the scriptures may be fulfilled, he that eateth my bread lifteth up his heel against me. So Jesus ate Jesus' bread with the disciples and then betrayed him. And this also identifies the mixed multitude in our day. The body of Judas's will eat Jesus' bread and then betray the body of Christ. And when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in the spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Matthew 26 and 22. And they were exceedingly sorrowful and began to say unto him, Every one, Is it I, Lord? Hmm. Obviously, the son of perdition, the man of sin, was as well hidden to the others as he is today. When Jesus sent out the twelve to do the miracles, don't think that they would have suspected Judas if he hadn't done any. But that didn't make any difference. It doesn't have anything to do with your gifts. It has to do with who you are and what you do in obedience to sanctify your own life. And this is why the son of perdition has to be revealed in our day. He does the religious works, and uh, for time he can hide his lack of fruit. Tribulation is necessary to reveal and separate him from the body. He is a cancer in the body of Christ. Judas um, had hidden lusts that overcame him when he was tribulated. It, we're, we're told for silver, which is personal gain, he sold out the body of Christ. He was secretly a thief who stole from the common purse. Yes, Kevin was a thief, and every other one of these that got any opportunity to steal anything from us did. They stole. So they're all thieves. John 12 and 6. He had no concern for the brethren's needs, only his own. The son of perdition still takes what belongs to Jesus and his disciples for himself. Jesus and the disciples had all things common, a practice that continued in Acts 2 and 44 and 4 and 32. Luke 14 and 33 says, So therefore, whosoever be of you that renounceth not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. So we must renounce ownership of our possessions, our rights, our will to be a disciple. And we're merely stewards of these things for Jesus and the brethren. True disciples um, steward common possessions, rights, and will to see that all the needs are met. And every member of a body eyes, ears, arms, etc., serves, serves the body. These people serve themselves. Look what they've done with the women 
that they have deceived and by occult practice uh, brought them to serve them sexually. These are perverts. They only are interested in feeding themselves. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, And you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. Glorify God, therefore, in your body. John 13 and 26 says, Jesus therefore answereth, He it is for whom I shall dip the sop and give it him. So when he had dipped the sop, he taketh and giveth it to Judas, the son of perdition, right? He was the son of Simon Iscariot. And after the sop, S-O-P, then entered Satan into him. Jesus therefore saith unto him, What thou doest, do quickly. And when Jesus, when Judas ate the sop, and Satan entered into him, he manifestly became the son of perdition. So the Lord spoke to me one time, very plainly, plainly years ago, and he said, S-O-P, S-O-P, son of perdition. You say, that only works when you go to the English. I don't care. <laughs> he was showing me something he hid in there. So the son of perdition was a morsel of bread that was used to soak up the liquid food. And we must eat the bread of Christ, the Word, to bear fruit. But it also makes us responsible. John 15 and 22 says, If I had not come and spoken to them, they had not had sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Judas listened to Jesus. He heard all of that word and he turned away from it. Kevin and Eddie listened to the word that I spoke straight out of the word of God. And you know what? They turned away from it to their lusts, through their very perverted lusts. So Judas uh, was reprobated because he knew too much of the Word to get away with what he did. And many are being hardened today, reprobated, because when they hear the Word, they do not repent. Psalm 41 and 9, Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. Yes, that was Judas. And the word Judas is Hebrew meaning to use the hand. God definitely used the hand of Judas, for Jesus told him, What thou doest, do quickly. Acts 2 and 23 him being delivered up by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you by the hand of lawless men. These are lawless men. They don't obey God's law or man's law. And they pervert justice by sucking them into their cult with this, with the women and uh, perverting them into Satanists, uh, lawyers, you know, bankers, uh, cops, that's what they're after. They want people to uh, preserve them when they get caught so that they won't get caught. So, 
you by the hand of lawless men did crucify and slay. Lawless here is the same Greek word as in Second Thessalonians 2 and 3, where the son of perdition is called the man of sin or lawlessness. Yeah. God used the hand of a man of lawlessness to crucify the body of Christ in these days. And it will be the same. Our, our greatest enemy is the man of lawlessness that is among the people of God from the beginning. And Jesus knew Judas would fall away. Jesus said, Did not I choose you twelve? And one of you is a devil. So now they're Satanists. That's a devil. John 6 and 70. So remember, the son of perdition must fall away and be a Judas to the body before the Lord can come. In Acts 1 and 25, to take the place of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas fell away, that he might go to his own place. Mm-hmm. And Iscariot, so we got Judas to use the hand. Let's look at Iscariot. Is made up of two words, ice, which is Hebrew for man, and chariot, which is Babylonish or Chaldean for city. So, Judas Iscariot means to use the hand of a man city, a man that is a city. And this shows us that the son of perdition is a corporate body of people in our day who are a part of the city of Babylon. As far as Christians are concerned, he is part of the great Babylonish religious city in these days. As, and, and to prove that, our uh, factious Satanists have joined with the Satanists over there killing the missionaries. And they got information from our Satanists, seemingly right from Kevin himself, in order to uh, use it against us over there. So, Judas represented the city of the falling away that is guilty of the blood of the saints, Revelation 17 and 6 and 18 and 24. He was in league with the Sanhedrin, the corporate false prophet over the apostate people of God. Jesus said of his true followers, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Matthew 5 and 14. True Christianity is a worldwide city or congregation of people. However, there is a Babylonish city within our city. And there are two cities inhabiting the same territory. God's plan is to separate these two by using the son of perdition to crucify the flesh of the body of Christ, as with Judas and Jesus. And also, we know that he is crucifying the man-child. Another parable, but very fitting, you know. And Matthew 24, 9, Then shall they deliver you up unto tribulation and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many stumble and fall away. Right? 
<laughs> well, it says, Stumble and shall deliver up one another and shall hate one another. That was Judas, right? And many false prophets shall arise and shall lead many astray. So you see here that the end-time corporate Judas Iscariot will betray and deceive his own brethren worldwide. That's exactly what the Satanists are doing. And why are they Satanists? Because Satan lives in them and he is their father. And Satan lived in Judas. He said, one of you is a devil. John 13 and 30. He then, having received the sop, went out straightway, and it was night. So when Judas, the son of perdition, the sop, went out from among the body to betray Christ, it was night. And he now, being filled with Satan, walked in total darkness. John 9 and 4 says, We must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And when I'm, when I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And another aspect of this darkness was that the son of perdition put out the light of the world, Christ. And this time he will put out the light of the world, the body of Christ. For Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Yes, he betrays his brethren unto death. You know, Matthew 5 and 14. So the night, of course, is when there is no light to see by. And uh, in Jesus' day, the Jews were coming to the end of their dispensation of light. And God was about to revoke the light from the Jews and give it to the Gentiles. They had a night. And now the Gentiles are coming to the night. So Romans 11 and 25 says, A hardening in part hath befallen Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. We must work while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. So our work to convert Gentiles uh, and ultimately Jews is going to be totally useless when God turns away from them and back to the Jews. Revelation nine twenty through 21, And the rest of mankind repented not. So, John 13 and 31, When therefore he, the son of perdition, was gone out, Jesus saith, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. So when he's gone out, the body is glorified. The Son of Man is glorified at the time when the son of perdition goes out. And we're also the body of Christ the Son of Man. The church is going to be glorified or purified because the Son of Perdition is going to come out of the midst. Then the Lord will come for a sanctified people. Let's read Second Thessalonians 1 and 10. It says, When He shall come to be glorified in His saints and to be marveled at in all them that believed, 
because our testimony unto you was believed in that day. That's this day. To which end we also pray always for you that our God may count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire of goodness and every work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, notice that Christ will be glorified in his body before he comes to glorify his body. The body is not glorified here, but Christ in the body. Yeah. Second Corinthians 4.11 For we who live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, so that the life also of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So let's go to Second Thessalonians 2 and 3. You can understand it now. Let no man beguile you in any wise, for it, that is the coming of the Lord, will not be except the falling away come first, and the man of sin or lawlessness be revealed, the son of perdition. So now we're seeing the son of perdition being revealed. He that opposeth and exalteth himself against all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sitteth in the temple of God, sitting himself forth as God. Yes, you can see the huge ego in the Satanists. All of them wanted to take over UBM even though they were just freshly converted. And Kevin tried four times to take over UBM, and he's failed every time because he's his own God. He's got a huge ego, and he thinks it's his right to grow and molest the people of God and their women. So the Greek word for temple here is naos, and it's used nine times by Paul in the New Testament. In every case he uses it, as the spiritual temple of God's people. Hereon is the Greek word for the literal temple or building, and it's used 71 times in the New Testament, but never figuratively. Just as Judas was among the disciples, the latter-day son of perdition is sitting in the temple of God's people. Yeah. And the falling away shows who he is. So then he runs off, right? First Corinthians 3 and 16. Know you not that you are a temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Acts 17 and 24. The God that made the world dwelleth not in temples made with hands. So this truth will destroy much tradition. So, the son of perdition exalteth himself, setting himself forth as God. When he dupes these people and dumps his lust uh, and his uh, um, uh, fornication spirits on these women, and he uh, 
dumps witchcraft and voodoo on these women. Uh, he rules over them entirely. They obey everything he tells them. So what happens when you rule your individual temple? You're making yourself God. If you walk after your own flesh, you are your own God. God was meant to sit on the throne of his temple and to rule it through your spirit. But if you walk after the flesh, the devil is ruling your temple through your flesh. Self is sitting upon the throne. Continuing his revelation, Paul said, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 5. So Paul told us in Philippians 3 and 18, For many walk of whom I told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross, just as Judas was. Enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is perdition. There you have it, the son of perdition. Whose God is the belly, selfish lust, and whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. And Romans 16 and 17 says, Mark them that are causing the divisions and occasions of stumbling. Mark. There's the mark. For they that are such serve not our Lord Christ, but their own belly, self. And by their smooth and fair speech, they beguile the hearts of the innocent. Yes, Kevin has a spirit of seduction. And that seduction suckers those women in. And I'll tell you more about that spirit of seduction later. We know what the principality is that does that. And it inhabits him in order to seduce women. So God will mark those in the New Testament temple whose God is self. Judas was not only a disciple who ruled in his individual temple, but he was also an apostle. And he was a leader in the corporate temple. In other words, the sons of perdition are a vast number of individuals ruling their own life and temple, making up a Babylonish corporate temple. And also they are the apostate leadership ruling in the corporate temple. So the apostate leadership is profiled uh, in Second Peter 2 as false prophets, false teachers, denying even the master making merchandise of you who love the hire of wrongdoing and their destruction or perdition slumbereth not. And Jude profiles them as shepherds that without fear feed themselves. Yes, Kevin makes money off of these women, farming them out to important people to bring them into his cult or to defend his cult. So, denying our only master, railing at whatsoever things they know not, and what they understand naturally, that is the letter, clouds without water, that's him, and them, 
No depth in the word. That's him. That's them. Wandering stars. In other words, not keeping their position to be seated with Christ in the heavens. Who maketh separations. That's denominations or cults. And this is a good description of Judas and the end time son of perdition. In our tent, in our type, uh, ten of the twelve tribes worship the image of the beast, the golden calf. First Kings twelve and twenty-eight. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold, and he said unto them, "It's too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods." Hebrew. Elohim. Aha. O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, and he set the one in Bethel, Hebrew, a house of God, and he set the other one in Dan, son of perdition. Notice that we are speaking of a false system of worship upon which Israel put the name Elohim the true God's name. So they're lying. Their God is not God. He is Satan. Cast down out of heaven by the saints in Revelation 12. And all of his little demons who uh, inhabit all of those uh, satanic cults out there, uh, they too were cast down. And also we see that it was in the house of God and in the son of perdition. Much of the house of God falls away as the son of perdition because they have a false image of the true God. The apostate churches have a God of their own making, but they use the name of Jesus. And Paul warned in 2 Corinthians 11 and 4, For if he who cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we did not preach, or if you receive a different spirit, which you did not receive, or a different gospel, which you did not accept, you bear well with him. Yes, they do. And according to the Greek and the numeric pattern, Revelation 3 and 1, I know thy works, that thou hast a name that livest, and thou art dead. That name is Christian. In the middle of the tribulation, these sons of perdition will give up uh, presenting their bodies as living sacrifices to Christ, Romans 12 and 1, and take the mark of the beast, because they already have it spiritually. But there is a physical, and it's coming. It says, mark them. So this is a fulfillment of Daniel 9 and 27. In the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. So these who have worshipped the image of the beast will take the mark of the beast and go back to their Christian assemblies in some cases as an abomination of desolation, which was spoken through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, Matthew 24. And 15. So the man's child ministry will say of this apostate temple, Your house is left unto you desolate. Matthew 23 and 38. Just as Jesus did. These sons of perdition, now identified as members of the body of the beast, 
are an abomination standing in the midst of God's holy people. And when the righteous see this sign, they are to flee to the mountains. That's the high places of God, Matthew 24 and 16. As the elect did when this happened as a physical sign in 70 A.D., this falling away will reveal the sons of perdition for who they are and cause their desolation, which is reprobation, and then destruction by the beast. Amen. Okay, thank you so much for joining us today. We're um, obviously seeing the Word of God come to pass. Please pray, because the Son of Perdition is not only revealed, He's about to hang Himself. Father, in the name of Jesus, we know this is all coming again in a larger scale to the church in the tribulation, but we see it now because they're trying to destroy the man, child, and bride. Amen. God bless you, saints, and keep you. Uh, keep on praying. Pray for our missionaries, who um, the sons of the devil uh, uh, allied with the Satanists over here are trying to kill them. So we rebuke that in the name of Jesus, and we cast it down. Amen. God bless you. My thirsting soul, purest water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus. I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus. Jesus.